Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the world tiers being too fast in Division 2. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now, so come on in and hang out with us. If I'm not live, you can click the follow button on my Twitch channel. If you're watching on YouTube, clicking that like button on this video and subscribing to my channel is a huge way to help me. Let's just jump right into the questions. Uh, Double Bubble coming in with the first question says, what do you think what do you think this game can take from Destiny and what can, uh, what can Destiny take from Division? Um... I don't know exactly what this game could take from Destiny just because they're so different with respect to advancement. Um, As far as what it could take from Destiny, maybe make some of the gear have a little bit more of an identity, but I think they do that in their own way. So even still, I think if, if you're asking for gear to have identity, like the way that like legendaries and exotics have in Destiny... I feel they do that in Division. I just feel they do it in their own way with the brand sets. Like, the sets have their own look and feel. They clearly have their own bent toward different perks and different themes in your build and how you would, you know, you would interpret your character's way of, you know, en- engaging in combat. So, I I, I, want, I definitely think that they, they accomplish that. I really like when I see a certain gear set, like the backpack and the chest armor look similar. Um, I think that's kind of cool how they do that. And I I don't know. Whenever I look at Destiny, I, I always tell people, Destiny is a loot-based game, and Division is a stats-based game. And given that they're different in those regards, I don't know if one can borrow that much from the other. The main thing that we've been saying about Destiny and Division is that Division really, really respects the player's time. Like when you do something and you invest a lot of time in a lot of your, you know, a lot of your builds and a lot of your gear chases, you don't feel like a two hour play session is basically a complete and utter waste. You basically feel like you got something for your time. Even when you're min-maxing and getting gear score, you know, as your focus, a lot of what you're doing is is consistently combing over gear, like the generosity factor. So, I mean, if you consider, you know, Anthem in the equation as well, that's really what I've been saying. I don't really think Destiny could pull the min-maxing over. I don't think I don't think Destiny really needs to pull over like the generosity factor either. I don't need to end a mission in Destiny with like 28 legendaries on the ground. By the time you finish a lot of these runs in Division of a certain mission, I mean there there is so much gear that you pick up and get rid of, but that's a that's that's sort of a symptom of the system, right? It's a, it's a symptom of this is a this is a min-maxing game, so they have to dump loot on you. That's where Anthem's falling short. You need to end missions in Anthem and just be buried with loot, or you're never going to get those... Get the, the, the odds are just stacked against you. Division sort of mitigates a lot of that by dumping loot on you and having a crafting system in place. So I think that's something that always has to be considered uh, when you're lo- approaching these games. You can't just grab one th- everything from one game that you think is dope and try to like shove it into another game. Uh, these knives only. What should I do? Uh, what should I do after I get to level 30 dark zone, uh, dark zone or what? I would just do whatever you feel like. If you want to start grinding, uh, if you want to start grinding the world tiers, I just learned that 
each world tier clears a section of the map and that actually has me kind of excited because if I finish world tier 1 which I did that spot of the map gets cleared and then there's other then then I do world tier 2 and I do the same thing I, there's just something I like about that I don't know why I couldn't give you a, a clear reason as to why clearing the map is fun um, I think it's like a really really nice big picture and indication of my impact uh, on the game, you know, when you do Horizon Zero Dawn or Assassin's Creed or Spider-Man, you're like, yes, like, look at all that. There's just something satisfying about seeing all those boxes checked and all those things cleared. Um, and so now that I know I can do that, I think that's nice. Now, if you're a fan of the Dark Zone, I would get in there and start figuring it out. I think a lot of people have said the gear turnover turnover rate in the Dark Zone is very, very good. So if that's something that appeals to you, I'd dive right in. Dark Zone's just not my thing, so I just I tend to stay away. Even though people say it is good, I tend to avoid it uh, for that reason because it just isn't my cup of tea. Even though the gear turnover rate is apparently better. Cartman. Will World Tier 4 be a waste of time when World Tier 5 arrives? I mean, this is obviously a good question. I think in any in any game where you're where you're you're leveling up and getting gear, there's always that sort of it's not that what you're doing is trivial, but it's it's more about everything you're doing is leading to something else, and I think that that's totally fine. Um Whenever, if you're, if you're going to play a game like this, I just think a lot of the times people don't hold their loot loosely. And that's part of the problem is you can't hold your loot very firmly in your hand because that's just not the nature of the game. Like, oh, I love this sniper. I had a friend that did that in Borderlands and it drove me crazy. We played through the first Borderlands together and I still tease him about it from time to time. And he still says that was my baby. He had like a yellow sniper that he fell in love with. Well, 15 levels later, this knucklehead of mine, a friend of mine, was still using that stinking yellow sniper, and he loved it, and he wouldn't put the dumb thing down. And I'm like, bro, it's not strong enough anymore. And he's like, no, it's my baby, it's my baby. And I don't think you can approach a game like this in that way. So you have to know, yes, you're min-maxing, yes, you're getting your gear and you're, and you're grinding for certain builds, but you're you're always going to be kind of creeping past that. You're going to be chasing new things and new, you know, new power structures. And isn't that kind of the goal of the game to begin with? Would you argue that the main that the campaign was a waste? Would you argue that, you know, World Tier 1, 1 2 and 3 were a waste? Now you might cuz World Tier 1, 2 and 3 are so fast, but like the campaign wasn't a waste. You had fun. You grinded. You leveled up. All that gear you earned in the campaign, you eventually left behind. And I think eventually that can happen in this game too. We've talked about this with Destiny where they kind of need to get to the point where they reset you each year. Because if not, it just... I call it an unpruned rose bush. It's like you have to prune the rose bush to let other things get some space to breathe and grow. And if you don't, the really, really big, the really, really big and dominant weapons and dominant builds, that's all you really ever hold on to. You're never really going to grab new gear. They can't make like lateral, they, they can't increase your gear laterally forever. Like, yeah, you've got a great build, but did you see this over here? If it's just a lateral change, it's going to be hard to motivate you because you know how strong you are. But if it's if it's always a if it's a vertical change, then that should speak to the way that most of the player base is wired, where you're having that vertical sense of progression and you're going up. And yes, you've got to replace all your gear. But again, I, if if you're loving the game and you like that sense of progression, it should speak to you. you hold your gear loosely, kind of in a, in a game like this, is what I would say. 
uh, Moongrav. Do you have any uh, any media background? You seem to have a certain professionalism with the way you present your stream. All credit to you. Keep up the good work. No, I don't have I don't have any background in media. I've just constantly looked at the platform of streaming and wanted and constantly have wanted to evolve it beyond just playing a video game. Um, this is an in my in my opinion, and I've been saying this for a long time. This is an entertainment platform, and if you treat it like an entertainment platform, I think that you stand to grow not only in your brand but also in your uniqueness you can offer something that nobody else is offering and at the end at the end of a stream at the end of your stream day or or your or your broadcast people should be leaving saying like i'm glad i spent my time here and i think watching someone sit in the corner with a green screen and play through a video game is going to become a thing of the past i think people are going to more often come in and expect an entertaining show a professional highly produced it's you are watching a show you are not just watching someone play a video game one of my big mantras and mottos now is stop playing video games and create content like too many people just play the video game and they don't create content do something that tells people they're going to want to come back the next day and so I've been doing it for four years. If you watched my broadcasts from way back in the day, they are worlds apart and very different than they are now. And the main reason I've consistently changed things and tried to push things forward is I've never been satisfied with where things were. I've always asked the question, how do I increase the value? It's Because a lot of the times I think streamers ask the wrong questions. They're like, why is everybody leaving? Why does anybody like this game? And they get mad. And I've always said... If you want your viewers to transcend the game and come with you to watch you play something else, then you need to transcend the game and offer something else. It's that simple. If you're like, support the streamer, not the game, right? These people that build their build their content off of one game. I did that with Destiny. I cannot expect people to transcend that game and come with me if I'm not making an effort to transcend the game as well. And so I constantly was thinking about what do people like about the content? What are people responding positively to? And then whatever it was, I would always say, how can I make that aspect of the show better? So the interactivity and the back and forth and the talks, how could I make that better? We were always iterating. We were always analyzing. We were always trying to think of ways to take things further. And that's how SNTR and Q&A was born because I wanted it to be something that any user, anybody that's coming in that's like a fan of Division or wanting to check out Division would immediately sort of be have something have something that they're like this is something I want to come back to now if they don't if they're like this isn't really for me I don't I don't have any interest in this that's fine but at the very least I I didn't give them reasons to leave like well he's just playing the game he's not doing anything interesting if you come in you immediately sense you're like this is a different style of stream I've never been to a stream like this before this is like an interactive radio show people are submitting questions and there's a topic and there's a constant flow of communication uh, and that that appeals to a certain type of viewer. Now, someone might say, "Well, people a lot of people don't like that." That's true, and that's totally fine. I don't want I don't want to try to appeal to those people. If you're wanting like high octane PVP combat, if you're wanting like this, if you're wanting almost like a character like Doc Disrespect, if you know whatever it is your sentimentality is that you look for, well, I I can't try to appeal to those people. If I try and appeal to those people, I'm going to dilute my brand. And when I dilute my brand, what I'm actually ended up doing is, is I'm pushing away the core audience that might enjoy what I was doing. 
and then I'm risking appealing to the people that may not even like what I'm doing. I tried that in Fortnite. I've tried that in other things. And whatever, what, what typically ends up happening is, is the core audience tunes out because they're like, I don't like this character. I don't like this guy, Hillbilly Jack. And then they're like, I like the conversations and the dialogue. Then my hope would be that that gap of, of, of support would get replaced by other people and not only replaced by other people, but then surpassed so that I would net growth. And I just think a lot of the times I was talking about this before um, we switched games. A lot of the times people talk about diversification, but diversification can't be thin. If you build your stream on Destiny and you try to diversify into a fighting game or a sports game, that's a very tenuous form of diversification. You're not pivoting to like a another another game within a genre or a game that's going to appeal to those viewers. You're pivoting too sharply to something else. And so that diversification is very thin. And the more thin the diversification, the less likely it will work. Uh, and so the, the idea I think a lot of times people have is they're like, well, if I diversify, then I'll have people that like this type of game and like this type of game and like this type of game. Uh, again, I think you're, I think you're just continuing to stretch things too thin. And so when someone says, you know, do you have a media background? Your stuff's very professional. I really appreciate the compliment. I, the only, I, the only thing I attribute it to is a lot of the times it's been me me being willing to listen to other folks with input on what I should do. The mods, the viewers, etc. have really been instrumental in me pushing things beyond where they were. A lot of the ideas and a lot of the feedback from the audience have been directly implemented into the stream. I didn't dream a lot of this stuff up on my own. Even the name SNTR Presents is something that was knocked around in the mod room for like a week, I think. Like we were really batting around the idea and I finally settled on SNTR Presents and people really liked it and I forget someone said something in the mod chat that sparked SNTR Presents they talked about wanting to abbreviate SNTR and I was like SNTR is not enough it needs something attached to it and so I can't even really take credit for a lot of it but what I can do is offer you a principle and say if you're trying to break into streaming and you're trying to really think through like how can I offer more value in entertainment because I can tell you offer more value in entertainment but that doesn't necessarily tell you how to do it right it doesn't necessarily tell you how to do it a lot of the times you have to be open to feedback and criticism from other people because they're going to see things from an angle that you don't because they're a viewer and you're and you're not a viewer of your own stream I mean you could go back and watch it later but you I mean you get the point that's actually like a really good thing to do a lot of the times is watch your own streams and ask the question if you would watch it, you know, would you watch the stream? And if you answer the question, no, you would not, then answer the question, what would make you watch? And then a lot of the times that that informs your mind with how to fill those things in, you know. I think four of us were talking about titles like SNTR presents spotlight or such and such a review and all that right like I think we even got on the topic of like having different segments like hot seat like streamer hot seat I still would love to do that like do a streamer hot seat where it's a combined Q&A with another streamer that'd be really cool um, as well so Deadpaw do you think world tier 5 should be the last world tier forever no I think if you build the game correctly with elasticity then they can they can expand it beyond world tier 5 and just keep adding on um, obviously, I don't know if you can go for forever, but you can certainly you can certainly start to do things with it that, I mean, they did that with Borderlands, remember? 
they had eight levels of OP. They had OP eight. You know, you go all the way up to that that highest level, and it just basically keeps putting a multiplier on their damage output and health and your damage output and health as long as you know you're wearing the stuff. Like I think that there's potential there. Uh, Civil Hermit, do you think introducing more stealth elements or stealth segments would make Division 2 more interesting to watch on Twitch? No, I really do think a lot of the main issue with this game is that at its core, it, there, it, it doesn't bring the viewer in. So when you're watching someone play Fortnite or Destiny or even Anthem, there's something about the gameplay that kind of pulls the viewer in. They almost feel like they're experiencing what the player is experiencing when you're playing division the way i would express it is this there's a lot of calculation in sitting still you don't know what i'm thinking unless i tell you right okay i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna wait i'm gonna hit headshots on these guys got a grenade coming in i need to get away from that i need to go back now and stay in cover though it's a little too hot like unless i am actively actively just constantly narrating every decision which to a certain extent might be a little too much unless I'm actively doing that it's going to be really difficult for you to understand so much of what's going on because it's static I'm not doing anything I'm waiting to take my shots okay if I go into anthem you see everything I'm doing I'm flying I'm slamming the ground I'm procking a combo I'm using my ult same thing with destiny you are you're constantly seeing what I'm doing there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of inactivity and I think that inactivity in this game is is definitely full of of fun for the player because the player is like making those decisions feeling that intensity but the viewers just like I don't know what they're doing whether I watch somebody do a mission like Lono's working on right now or they're in the streets or they're doing a public event it's just a lot of sitting hiding and, and, and calculating well you don't get to see all those calculations you just all you see is me just periodically poking out and shooting poking out and shooting and so there's a significant portion of the gameplay that you do you don't experience in the way uh, that you do in other games where there's just a more natural uh, you just there's just a more natural transmission of intensity and excitement. So when you watch somebody play Fortnite or Apex Legends, there's no doubt in your mind how intense it is or where they are or what they're doing, right? Even if they're just sitting in their build and they're waiting, there's just that natural intensity. You see the timer coming down. You know how many people are alive. You know how many kills they have. You know what weapons they have. You know how many materials they have. You know the likelihood of them surviving because you've you've watched BRs before. Like You're immediately sort of oriented to the action. And same thing with Anthem and Destiny. And so, I don't know. I, I, I think Division could get there but you would need there would just need to be more more active and passive communication to the viewer like what's going on and it's really difficult to do that the other thing I think that happens in division I think streamers get really really quiet if I'm not doing Q&A or a talk and I'm playing I get super quiet I'm probably one of the most interactive streamers on Twitch like if you just measured word count per stream I don't know if anybody would I don't know if anybody would even come close to the word count that I hit in a given day it's just I'm constantly talking 
So given that reality that even I get quiet if I'm not actively doing Q&A or a talk, I think the viewers also just kind of check out. They're like, I don't understand. They're just sitting here shooting and stuff. They're not talking in chat. They're not saying anything. It's just one of those games where you you have to really pay attention to what the frick's going on or you're going to go down, you know? It's it's very, very, like, you take your eyes off, you know, the screen for a little bit. Just taking questions, I have to be, like, very, very calculated when I take the question because I you start to get pushed, you start to get shot, uh, you start to do different things, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're going down. Like, right now, like, I, I want to, it's so, I, I'm so focused. I don't even know what, what's doing damage to me. I don't. I can't, I can't figure it out. I'm going to probably go down trying to heal him. It's not letting me heal him. I'm totally locked up. Yeah, I don't don't know if that was the game glitching or what. We're taking constant damage. There didn't seem to be anything around us. And every time I tried to heal him, the heal thing just kept freezing. I I don't understand what the frick happened right there. That honestly felt stupid, in my opinion. There was no communication to the player what was happening. You know, that felt laggy and glitchy. EMP plus two grenades killed us. Yeah, but I mean, what are you supposed to do to get away from that? That's one of the problems of the combat in this. Like, there was, we had no options. There was no retreat. There was no flank. We're in a kill box. Like, I think that's one of the dilemmas with the way they build this content. They just flank you and then you can't, you have no play. You're just sort of a sitting duck for, you know, an EMP grenade that doesn't let you heal or move. I couldn't even res my teammate, you know? Medics throw an EMP, and you can shoot the EMP if you can find it. I mean, I... Okay, I guess we'll try and do that. Uh, NSACs. I wish other games would follow Division's gear system where there's so many rolls on a weapon that you can swap stuff out. Well, I agree and disagree with you. Yo, Silver Eagle, thank you for the Tier 3, man. I appreciate that. Welcome. That was very generous. Um... I agree and disagree with you. Min-maxing game, sure, but if it's not a min-maxing game, you don't want to, like, ham-fist and shoehorn min-maxing into every game. You can't turn every game into a min-max. Like, Destiny's not a min-maxing game. It just isn't. If you try and turn it into a min-maxing game, you're gonna... I don't know. I don't even think you could. Now, I think they could add more RPG elements, and then you could definitely dig in on more roles and more variety on perks and stuff, but I also think... You can you can really muddle a game's identity if you do if you borrow too much from other games. Um, games have to kind of be allowed to to spread their own wings and be their own versions of themselves. Twisted Symphonics tips for beginners. I just got into the stream and I missed uh, if that was asked later. I mean, tips for you if you're beginning is pick an ability that will heal you. I think the chem healer is really really good. Um. And I think that would be a good place to start. And after you do that, then I would say, you know, I think I think the best place to start is Chem Healer and Turret. I think Chem Healer and Turret's great. The Chem Healer is got good speed for healing, and the Turret's good for aggro stealing. It like it like gets the attention of the enemy. Man of Steel. I missed the talk, so I'm sorry if you answered this. The transition to World Tier was a little jarring at first. How do you think it could have been implemented better? I essentially said they could have done a couple of things. Like, World Tier 1 could have been basically a replay of the game to then usher you into, you know, the World Tier grind or, like, the gear grind. Or, again, they could have called it something else. It just, it felt like... It felt like it was going to be a replay... And then it wasn't really a replay. And so 
if you look at my map right now, World Tier 1 is complete. And you can see here, this area is cleared, and now we're up here. And once World Tier 2 is complete, that's a- another section of the map will clear. Well, like, I didn't know that, so I was like, okay, cool, the map reset. We're going to have more stuff to do. And if we have more stuff to do, then, you know, that's going to be really fun. But the map resetting, it, it, it reset for different reasons than I thought. And I feel like they could have just done a better job educating the player like what exactly was going on because people are like well once you get into tier 4 that's basically when you're grinding for like the actual builds and it's like yeah but that's not really what world tier 1 and you know all those multiple world tiers communicates it feels to me like those would be slow progression systems into the next and again maybe they play tested it and they just determined that people wouldn't like that um, they would decide that it was just too slow and too arduous and then they would just kind of they would feel like it's too exhausting. We're, I mean, we've talked about that in Destiny, right? The progress has to be reasonable or people feel like they're spinning their wheels. If you make World Tier 1 really, really slow and all you really gain at the end of it is a gear score that is then replaced in the next World Tier, that really wouldn't work. They would have had to think about, they would have had to think about like what exactly, you know, is the purpose of each World Tier. I said they should be augmenting their tech so at the end of every World Tier, you do feel stronger in your specialization um, and not just like, cool, I'm this gear score and I'm going to replace it like instantly. Um, So I got a vector that I'm more than likely going to put on and replace. Yes, I did. There we go. And I think this is a 318 already. Yeah, that'll, that'll definitely help. One of the things I like to do in this game is I like to use submachine guns with the, uh, with the shield because the shield is essentially just like a, a like a last minute like oh my gosh it's like almost like a panic button and then I can kind of spray I can kind of spray with the I can spray with the SMG like it feels it feels pretty good next question Mike Sarge why can't you craft another exotic if you don't if you have a blueprint I grind for chatterbox I can't make it I don't know the answer to your question I'm pretty sure exotics require uh, a specific item to craft alongside of the of uh, the components in the blueprint. Leaner says, uh, "Do you think that there should be some sort of subtle marker by some spawn points in the game?" I feel as though I want to, I want to take one step inside a room and find cover and stay put, as if I strategically advance. Enemies begin to spawn behind me. Yeah, I criticized this in my first impressions and my early game review. I think they really punishing they really punish you for advancement and for uh, like flanking because so often you do it and you get ambushed and die. So it's like I'm gonna go up on the left. Yeah, I got great positioning on them, and then all of a sudden there's eight enemies right on top of you. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't feel. It feels like exactly like what you're saying. You're basically punishing me, and when you punish a player for a decision, that's it. you are actively teaching them when you do that. You are teaching me to not do that. You're like, no, nope, you don't want to do that. You don't. If you do that, you're going to die. So then basically what I end up doing is, is I stop doing it. I, I do exactly what you said. I dig in, find cover, and I don't freaking move. Because it's like, if I advance, you know, they're just going to ambush me. They're just going to pop some dude out of a door, and he's going to shove his gun right up my nose. And then I'm going to be really, really freaking irritated. Instead of feeling like, yeah, dude, that was a great flank. I'm so glad I did that. Um, 
it's just I I don't necessarily know the solution other than what I said was you could literally give me a five second warning that's all I need you know reinforcements detected and then all of a sudden like the door gets a little red marker on it and that you you know you're like man that door is about to pop and so you stay away from it that would be i mean that would be pretty sim that would be a pretty simplistic solution that wouldn't disrupt the idea of like enemies can kind of come anywhere keep your head on a swivel but it also wouldn't turn it into well i'm not going to advance because every time i advance i just get ambushed and then get really angry um because it, it, I've I've basically stopped advancing and, and flanking for that exact reason. Like I'm gl- I'm kind of glad you brought that up again because I hadn't brought that up in a while, and I think that just hurts the experience when freedom freedom feels super super disrupted by randomness. And I think randomness has its place, but I also think empower the player to respond. You know, empower me to respond so that I don't feel like you're basically just like ripping me off. And then I feel, as you said, motivated to play in a really lame, one-dimensional way. Mr. Complainy Face, how do you think Div 2 raids are going to be structured? I honestly have no idea. I don't know if they're going to be mega mechanically crazy or if they're going to be more like what we have now where they're just going to dump tanks in our lap and we got to like navigate that real slow and real intelligent. Uh, I honestly don't know how they're going to do it. Do you think they need to rework the cover system? No, I think the cover system's fine. I, I think mainly what I was just talking about is one of the main things that sort of demotivates you from playing in a way that's like empowered, you know? Again, you almost feel passively reprimanded, like, no, no, if you advance and flank, you're probably going to get ambushed. And so it just motivates you to like one dimensional hide behind stuff, stay way back. Uh, Wake and Jake, do you think there's an issue with being able. Uh, to drop higher tiered loot to squad mates to instantly push them to world tier 4 it kind of defeats the purpose of grinding through the tiers in my opinion well I mean what are you going to do right I mean it's not that slow anyway even if you take it slow people were saying that it's not that slow now maybe they were misrepresenting just how fast the world tiers are because they had buddies dropping ammo for them or I'm sorry gear for them I don't know. I feel like the overwhelming majority of the people in chat were saying going up the world tiers is really, really fast. Nobody was saying that it was slow. Nobody was saying saying that it took time. Um, and I don't know if they were all dropping gear for each other and like that's why it was happening. You know? I went from tier 1 to 4 in less than an hour to solo. See what I'm saying? Flint Town and chat saying, I went from world tier 1 to 4 in less than an hour, and they were solo. So they, they let's just say it took him two hours. Let's just round it up. Two hours. Someone in chat saying me too. I just think in general, they just, for whatever reason, didn't, maybe they, again, they didn't want people to feel like it was just going to be completely and utterly futile, so they just beamed you all the way to the end. Assyrian Gamer. Division 1 had a similar issue where if you had friends at the top tier, you could just bring them forward to endgame gear by killing some enemies in the higher world tier um, and get them loot at that gear score level. Oh, so they had this problem in Division 1 is what Assyrian Gamer is saying. Uh, the What do you think is possible solution for bumping gear score? 
what do you think is possible solution from a gear score if you pay if you pet out the gear score leveling? I mean, again, we just kind of had this question. I, I mean, I don't know what you're gonna do other than potentially just restrict what people's freedom is. And then again, we had this problem before where you discourage people from playing together. And that's not the answer either. I, I honestly think you just kind of take the good with the bad. You'd rather people be able to play together, and if they can play together, then you just you just let that be an advantage that they get. And then if they, again, this is kind of one of those things where I don't think you need to finger wag. You know what I mean? If people want to fast track and get gear from their buds, then let them. You know what I mean? I feel like this is one of Destiny's major downfalls. They legislate to that hardcore minority and they slow everybody else down and put them in a hamster wheel. So you don't want to legislate. If people want to blast through the content, that's kind of their decision. And you have to be super, super careful. If you again pivot and make restrictions and try and slow down those really hardcore dudes, you may in the process just completely damage the experience for everybody else who's like, I just want to play with my buds. And my buds have zero desire to play with me because it's just taking too long to make me advance right just streamline it if that's the way people want to play it's that's their game experience and that's and they're and they're in charge of it you know as long as people aren't doing exploits or cheapening the game or 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 causing issues like we had in anthem where people couldn't really understand like i guess i guess it was too difficult for them to grapple with the idea that a game where lots of matchmaking is going on that you can disrupt that by having people not play the game properly. I don't as long as people aren't doing that, I don't think it really matters. ZDDIW says, "What do you think uh, I should specialization wise if I want a good SMG and sniper build? Demolitionist, demolish, demolitionist or sharpshooter?" Oh, dude, I don't know. I I have not played enough with either to give you advice here. Just look at them and go with whichever one. There's there's one that probably is calling to you. If you close your eyes and you're like, okay, which one do I want? Whichever one you say first, it, that's the one you go with. Because like, there's one that's probably calling to you more than the other. And remember, you can always do all three specializations, so you're not locking yourself in. You're not restricting yourself. So you can always do the others. Uh, Shifle Dark. I feel like when world tiers are, I feel like the world tiers are fine. I do one and two main missions, then one stronghold, and then I'm on to the next world tier. Do you think we should be farming just to go up a few a few more hours? Like I said, I think maybe they should have just called them different things. Maybe instead of world tiers, they should have used the named locations on the map. Like, okay, what did I do in world tier one? What did I clear? I cleared this area here. So they could have just called this the 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 northeastern precinct or you know what i'm saying and so each world tier could have just had a direction on the map right you're you're doing you're doing the northeast quadrant you know neq and then you do you know and south south eq you know you're doing you're you're just you're basically just clearing elements of the map and getting rid of black tusk and in the process your each section has a eat that would make perfect sense right each section then has a gear score limitation or that right, yeah, exactly what uh, uh, Asgatus is saying. Sectors one, two, yeah, right, because then it would, the gear score limitation would make sense, 
right? You're like, oh, we're clearing this section here and this section here. Once cleared, we'll 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 open up the gear score cap and then we can go to sector two. Sector two's gear score cap is a little bit higher. Do you see? Like that would have been more logical. But when you say world tier one, I'm like, oh, the whole world tier is going up. Sweet. We're gonna interact with the whole world at this world tier. No, you're not. You're going to do a handful of things, raise your gear score, do a stronghold, and then you're done. You're on to the next tier. It's just like, it, the, it doesn't, it's not in sync with the name more than anything. Once you know that, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not trying to make a mountain out of this, but I think as far as a value point is concerned, I had so many expectations set by seeing that map reset. I was like, yo, let's go. The whole map got reset. Yes, this is such a long end game. And then people were like, nah, you'll be you'll be all the way to tier four in like a couple hours. And I was like, say what now? Like, why the whole map reset then? You live and you learn. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, obviously they used language that was that the the vision community was familiar with, and in the process, they just decided that the flow of the end game was going to be a little bit more streamlined, and thus, you know, world tiers one, two, and three are are a bit of the cannon fodder, and that's okay, uh, because again, you're 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 still just pushing and advancing and feeling that sense of empowerment. It just feels. It feels that it's a breakneck speed because I assumed World Tier 1 was that entire map would be my new experience, and it just wasn't. Uh, so. Gale play. What do you think about Anthem Diablo 3 Division 2 difficulty systems like World Tiers, Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3, where they rise, uh, they raise enemy damage and health point? Is it the right way to go? I personally miss games like WoW, Diablo 2, where it's all about the journey, not the end game. I play hundreds of hours of Diablo 2, and I never reach max level. Right, but a lot of people played Diablo 2 and that was something that we loved about it was replaying and getting to max level. Like you're basically saying you want you you're kind of asking for an action adventure game to be fair. You know, you don't want to roll the game over into multiple playthroughs. They did that in Borderlands, they did that in Diablo 2 and 3. Uh, I believe they did that in Diablo 1. Um I don't know. It sounds like you're really wanting an action adventure game. I think your viewpoint on this will change when you get to World Tier 4 and see how long it actually ch- takes to build a good build. Well, I'm not saying, Sinric, that each World Tier should have been a slow burn and a slow grind to a build that you then replace. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they could have just named them differently. Essentially, as Eugene said a little bit ago, each World Tier is basically a gear cap. And it would have made more sense to be like, okay, right now you are in Sector 1, and Sector 1 is focused here, and it's a hot focus. You grind here to get to 350. Sector 2, you roll over Sector 2, you come over here, and there's a new gear score limitation. And then Sector 3, you come here. And then that rolls you over into World Tier 1. Right? So I think you would have you would have more naturally felt like, oh, I get what they're doing. They're breaking the map apart into gear score sec- sections. So I'm now not in a I'm not grinding level anymore. I'm grinding gear score, and the map is the means by which I'm doing that. Uh, I think th- I think that would have been a really really smart way to do it. Um, Again, I don't want to make a mountain out of this. I think the game is fantastic. I just think there could have been more done uh, to, to take you back through the map in a way that doesn't feel like you're just blitzing. Because again, you hear world tier and you just you think, oh, I'm going to be messing around with this world tier. This is an entire tier and you're not. 
Um, you're just not. Shotguns are crap in this game. Oh, I love a good shotgun with my uh, my Crusader shield. I love it. I I love just pulling that thing out and giving them the business. Uh, I don't want to switch to any of these higher gear scores because they're all. Oh, I'm in combat and I can't. They're all um. They're all lowering my armor significantly. Blaka. Can we can the division be a good option for those MMO player widowers widowers of a good represent representative of that gender? This question makes no sense at all. Stick with it. How long can I hold on to underleveled weapons and gear? Does a level eight gun do as much DPS as as the same weapon at level fourteen? Oh no, you will not want to do that. In fact, one of the mistakes I made I would I hit like I hit like level eighteen. And all of my armor and a lot of my gear was like 16. So what ended up happening was I suddenly felt like I was dying like really, really fast. So what you want to do is sometimes in the early game is just comb through your gear and just watch that armor number. Because that armor number will just naturally go up as long as you're equipping gear that's at like the higher level. Um... So like if you because if you're not doing that, what can end up happening is it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I kind of like I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not I'm not strong enough for this content. And you're like dying really fast. And a lot of the times that's because you're not monitoring your gear closely. Uh, so make sure you're constantly combing over your gear. Like right now I could raise my gear score on a couple of these pieces by like go up from a 305 to a one, but I don't want to do that because I'm gonna gut my I'm gonna absolutely gut my armor rating the big armor number going down is just not ideal right now i don't want to die really fast um so in the early game a lot of the times i would that would be my recommendation to you is make sure you're not letting your armor get too weak or your guns as well if you're going into level 14 content and you're still holding on to a level 8 gun because you like it a lot i got news for you that thing ain't gonna do much damage Trust me, you start getting, you see that gun drop at your level compared to where it was previously, and you're going to see immediate differences when you use it, because it just instantly gets a huge, huge damage bump, um, a huge damage bump. I did that with a rifle, and it was like, I mean, there were, I immediately noticed differences in the efficiency of the weapon, especially once you start landing those headshots, and you see like, oh wow, that guy was a two tap instead of an eight tap, because your your gun's so much stronger. You didn't pay attention to your gear until level 30. I was really enjoying like paying attention to like the the set bonuses and stuff. And so I was I was putting stuff on that would weaken my armor just because I wanted complimentary gear like ooh, if I wear these three pieces, I'll get headshot damage and a crit multiplier. But in the process I was really weakening my armor rating just by by basically by accident. So Gale play. What is your opinion that looter shooters have two different kinds of leveling? Character level and gear level. Nobody talks about character level after week the game releases and usually 99% of your playtime your character is max level it's just about your gear. Why not streamline that? I understand that kind of system in games where you usually uh, unlock things, have a skill trees. I know Div 2 has perks at the end that you have unlocked and there really isn't a meaningful choices. Well, I mean, here's the thing though. I think that's because they... It's just, I believe it's the natural evolution interpretation of gameplay, of, of game behavior, uh, game, gamer behavior, right? 
when you get into the end game, your level just doesn't really matter to you anymore because you want really, really good gear. So the natural evolution of that has been games that basically say once you get to the end game, level just doesn't matter anymore. And as you have said, eventually you're you have everything that was tied to level anyway. You have all your skills, your skill trees built out. You're just sort of chasing optimum gear. Again, it just to me feels like the natural evolution and interpretation of what people do anyway in these games. Sven raged. Would you want to see Division 2 expand to other cities and Massive could have Division 2 as a platform rather than a sequel? If you if if you want my prediction, I think that's what they're going to do. I think they laid some some foreshadowing to that when you reactivate the shade network. When you reactivate the Shade Network and there's like division agents all over America basically like quote unquote reactivating and getting connected, I think they might be laying some foreshadowing and some groundwork to eventually this being a game like that. That you're, you are all over America protecting, you know, and and retaking cities and stuff. This could potentially turn into a really really nice MMORPG down the line where that's exactly what you're doing. You're not traveling to all these different distant fantasy lands and different places and city in, in in different countries. You'd be literally going from like LA to I don't know Dallas and all these other places because you're basically needing to protect the entire nation and there'd be NPCs, there'd be allegiances within. You could have different allegiances within the division itself. Right? Because people out west would kind of resent the people out east and, you know, people down south and etc. Like, there could be really, really cool allegiances and things that you can build. And then you could even go out from that. As Jack Bauer is saying, we know where he's from. <laughs> uh, he loves he loves Jack Bauer, but he, he's saying London. That'd be cool too. You go international with it. It could get really, really neat. Long term, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have plans to do something like that. Because again, that reactivation of the Shade Network, I don't think was just like powerful storytelling. It, could, it was it was potentially some foreshadowing for the franchise itself. Um, just because they, I think there's a lot of potential with what they've built and how it plays out. And people like going to iconic cities, so that could be really, really fun to rebuild all these iconic cities and take you there. You know, that'd be really neat. It'd be a neat way to make the game feel just absolutely enormous. Next question from uh, Lanier. I love the idea of more traditional style X-Pack for this game a year down the line. uh, A single paid drop that adds, for instance, to the next state over the expands the game rather than developing a third iteration of a couple years your thoughts well i mean we just touched on this so i think maybe you saw that person's question and you were a bit inspired by it i i i don't know if i don't know if you just keep adding with expansions as opposed to doing a third iteration again as we've continued to say with destiny there's potentially room to do you know destiny just as the name destiny universe or something and with division it could be division you know global shade network and that that would literally be the title of it like division global you know globalization or something and then that's the game it's a globalized game at that point you go everywhere you can't you know you can travel to all these different places and cities and it's more of an mmo rpg than just like an mmo light rpg with one map 
uh, Divinator says, do you think the ability to drop loot into your party made it easy to get gear score up? Oh, do I think it? I don't need to think it. That's true. It does. Like if your buddy is getting stuff that's way above your gear score and he drops it for you and you equip it, that influences your drops. Uh, Civil Hermit. Would you be happy to trade your speed for durability? If you equip, if you could equip a similar super heavy armor, that's a tough, that the toughest enemies use. I literally made that prediction as a specialization the other day in my other talk. Someone's like, "What's a specialization idea you could have?" I was like, "It'd be kind of cool if I could like put on a big freaking armor suit like that and be the tank in the room." Now, that might not really translate well in the meat and potatoes content, like a sniper and a crossbow and a grenade launcher. All of those translate, and 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 sort of work in the meat and potatoes content just missions and pubs and everything else you'd have to figure out a way to make it believable that you're suddenly in this giant suit um you know like you drop a box on the ground and like step into it iron man style like covers you in like you know armor like toe head to toe i don't know how they would do it because it would need to be somewhat believable i mean obviously it's a little bit ludicrous that we oftentimes work like the way we heal ourselves is we literally just like patchwork armor onto our bodies you know it can be a little ludicrous sometimes that that's how you that's how you like fix yourself in this game um, so again, it's a fictional game that, you know, you can survive a bunch of gunshots in. So obviously we're suspending a little bit of reality when we play it or a lot of reality. So they'd have to do something like that. Now, again, that might get a little too like superhero esque for the identity of the game. Cause they might decide that's, you know, that's a little too much. That just seems almost silly that, you know, you're putting on this big suit. I, for one would freaking love it. I think it'd be pretty cool. Obviously that would probably be your alt that you can put that big huge armor suit on so it wouldn't be a consistent thing it would have to like recharge itself and rebuild itself before you could deploy it and put it on again um, similar to the similar to the crusader shield if my crusader shield takes a bunch of damage it has kind of has to go away and heal and come back you know death dealer do you feel the introduction of black tux would have been better if they waited until world tier 5 there were there's a couple of ways they could have done this that I think would have been a little bit better and I said like what if you were just clearing the sectors and then in clearing the sectors all of a sudden that once you cleared them all that prompted black tusk to show up where they're like hey you know we we uh we aren't happy about you doing all this um or as we said black tusk comes in and instead of calling them world tiers they could have said well, it's sector one, two, and three. And as you do sector one, two, and three, each section of the map has that gear score cap. And then when you're done, you roll everything over, and then it's the real, real deal end game grind for building. So, D- Doctor Strugglebus, what do you think Borderlands Three can learn from Destiny, Anthem, and Division to make the best game, po- best game loot pursuit possible? Here's what I think Borderlands needs to do. Ignore Destiny and focus on Diablo. Destiny hasn't gotten almost any of the loot game right. I just don't think they have. I think they've just continued to kind of, like, they've continued to try to make, make, make good on, like, if you have, oops, if you have, like, certain pieces of gear, we're going to let you keep those and things. Like, they've just continued, I think, to kind of clutter the game. 
and they haven't iterated enough on abilities and perks and things. So I would I would encourage De- uh, Borderlands to pay zero attention to Destiny. And someone in chat's like Diablo, yes, Diablo. I think what would pair really really well for Borderlands is instead of calling it a Rift system, you would call it you would call it the Vault system. Something something to do with the vaults. At the end of Borderlands 2, okay, it's clear there are freaking vaults everywhere. And that right there, that's your rift system for Borderlands. Done. Ship it. Every season, there's a new vault, there's a new theme of gear, a new power level, new dope stuff, new cool things. Uh, potentially, potentially every once in a while, adding a new vault hunter that is maybe on the planet where we're going with the new vault. That's how you do it. That's you. Can, that's endless. That is endless expandability. Just every once in a while, releasing a quote-unquote season that is then attached to a vault. All the aesthetics and things can shift around that vault, you know, a vault on some planet where it's all bully mongs. So all the weapons and armor and stuff that you're getting is kind of centered around that planet and that look and that feel. Um, I think that'd be amazing. I think they have both the lore and the loot system to do exactly that. And then you're actually vault hunters. That's what you're doing, right? You're hunting vaults. Like, that we there there's a there's a there's a literal a limitless a limitless potential there. They could just continue to do that every every single time they wanted to roll out new content. Uh, do you think it could be online? What do you mean it could be online? All the previous games were online. Do you mean like a massive online game where people are running around everywhere? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I I think they would limit it the way they do in Diablo where you'd have a couple people, you know, four people in your squad. So I don't think they're going to try to go to an MMO on uh, an MMO style game. Like I said, they need to pay attention to Diablo. That would be that would be my feedback is completely ignore Destiny. I don't I don't think Destiny can teach uh, I don't think Destiny can teach, you know, D, uh, Borderlands anything with respect to longevity and and grind. I think the guys at Diablo have really really freaking nailed it and I think it would pair well with the Borderlands universe. Uh, Servial, what do you think about vehicles, personal or team-based in this game? Movement or added weapon weaponry? No, I, vehicles would. I don't know where you would even where you'd even put them. I mean, everything's pretty, uh, pretty funneled. If that makes sense, it's not that you're on rails. You have a lot of freedom, but your freedom is very lateral. You fan out, push up. Uh, get a little bit of verticality like in a place like this, you know, climb on boxes go up in a balcony, etc I just don't think there's a lot of room to breathe in here for like a vehicle um, that'd be kind of, I think that'd be kind of weird and kind of out of place personally, so we're going to keep playing and grind and that's the last question great questions today guys, such a good discussion if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can probably catch me live right now I am going to keep streaming, so don't go anywhere if you're in the live audience and you enjoyed the show, click follow if you're listening or watching in any other locations please like, share, and subscribe